Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. I love this episode of the Catalyst Podcast. Here's why. I get to interview Tracy Harrison, who is the principal instructor and founding CEO of the School of Applied Functional Medicine. And before I read her intro, this interview has everything. Whether you are a medical student, resident, attending physician, nurse practitioner, PA, whether you've been practicing medicine for a day or five decades, you're going to learn about the unique core value set that Tracy has when she created the School of Applied Functional Medicine over almost two decades ago. We talk about the disease care industry and how that's different than healthcare and how her definition of health is finding that functional balance naturally. I love that definition. I think you'll really fall in love with Tracy Harrison. She is deeply passionate about transforming healthcare with the powerful combination of functional medicine and savvy clinical partnership. She's a scientist who left the high-tech corporate world in 2007, built a widely, wildly successful multimodality practice using functional medicine principles, and then in 2011, she founded the School of Applied Functional Medicine. SAFM is well-respected for its scientific rigor as an accredited continuing education program rooted in both the science and the artful practical application of functional medicine. The school's tribe of diverse healthcare practitioners represents 20 different clinical modalities from 70 countries around the world. Tracy is a beloved educator and prized mentor in the field. A scientist and systems engineer at heart, Tracy holds three degrees from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and further graduate education from Bridgeport University and the Institute for Functional Medicine. She's also a certified health coach. Tracy's vision is for a good medicine movement that honors conventional disease care and establishes a true healthcare system with proactive, preventative, patient-centric, personalized, systems-driven root cause medical science and partnership that minimize the disease care burden and its theft of human vitality and potential. Buckle up and listen to this powerful interview with Tracy Harrison. What a pleasure. I am so excited for this episode of the Catalyst Podcast. I feel like I'm sort of talking to somebody I both admire, but also I feel like I've known her forever and I have no idea how. <laughs> I think that Tracy Harrison is just the kind of person that when you meet, you can feel the values that she holds. And mm. we are going to dissect those more and more in this interview. But first, Tracy Harrison from School of Applied Functional Medicine, thank you for spending this time today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Lara, for the invitation uh, and the opportunity to Take some time out to explore uh, this concept of healthcare transformation and where are we going? Um, oh, yes. I, you have so many things that are in your vision board that you've been slowly and very progressively working on for years. And I especially love your idea of the good medicine movement. I would just love to start there if you don't mind. Can you tell me what you feel is driving you to make this good medicine movement? 
Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And something I'm really passionate about is uh, that I is not necessarily part of the values of an awful lot of movements and initiative for change in healthcare. Uh, is this, we already have a tremendous number of blessings in healthcare today. Um, we have a lot that works well, really works well for uh, disease management, for uh, acute care, emergency care, these types of things. And our opportunity is, I believe, to create a well-established, self-sustaining, whole new sort of half of the healthcare pie, if you will. There's a giant piece missing. And, and I distinguish, you've seen me write this before. I write health care as two different words because it brings us back to the notion that disease space care is uh, an industry. And it's important to have that because when people are suffering, they need care. But I believe we need a whole separate initiative and system that promotes health care, meaning the development and preservation of health. And, and my definition of health is one of functional balance that naturally repels disease. And uh, so uh, looking at these things separately, so much of our, our medical um, system today or our healthcare, one word, uh, industry uh, is really focused on helping people once they are suffering, once their state of vitality loss is severe enough that we can agree on a diagnosis and a treatment plan. And we are completely missing this entire half. And, and maybe it's more, maybe it's less, but it's a large portion of an opportunity to engage earlier, uh, not just to prevent disease, because I think just wholesale prevention is almost a completely different initiative. But we have an epidemic of loss of vitality. And if we can begin to engage with people much, much, much earlier on when we are seeing these warning signs of functional imbalance uh, and intervene, engage, partner, right, between practitioner and patient, between professional and client, yes. engage in a savvy clinical partnership to reverse those functional imbalances way before they're severe enough to be diagnosable by tra traditional conventional standards. The point here being avoiding the vast majority of disease care, maybe not necessarily because people completely prevent it, but giving them a pathway to get support and partnership in reversing something before it builds too much momentum. Oh, and I love that. <laughs> yes. It, it reminds me of the car parked at the top of the hill and you realize the brake is off. So much easier and safer to jump in front of it when it's moved a couple of centimeters or even a few inches. If you let that puppy pick up some speed going downhill, it's going to land in the ditch. It's going to go in the lake. Yes, that's uh, a great a metaphor. Great <laughs> analogy for sure. I mean, the momentum is there. And, and even as, you know, sometimes this gets so confusing for patients because in America, in our system, we understand we have to have a primary care provider. We have to go and get some screening tests. These are all great. This is not a, a if then, or it's a very much yes and. But what we don't see is this salutogenesis, this good yes. feeling of 
helping you get optimal, helping you not just settle for status quo and say, I'm just going to have brain fog and fatigue for the rest of my life, I guess, you know, I mean, everything looks great. You know, we see this all the time and this isn't to lambast these doctors. I was one of them. It's just that our system needs some updating. We're not, we're operating under this antiquated system that isn't really giving us the, the meat and potatoes, gluten-free bread, you know, the usual, <laughs> the veggies of what we need to really give ourselves a good chance of being, you know, thriving. And that's why I love your, your movement, your, your values speak in the school of applied functional medicine, that you're really trying to get these practitioners out there in understanding how to apply these principles to get their patients and their clients better. I, I really love that you're, you're doing that. What was your, do you mind if we go back to like a, a moment in your life that might've been a catalyst for you to say, I need to do something different here. I need to create a new future. I, uh, you asked me that earlier in preparation for today. And you said, select one catalyst moment. I came up with about 12, <laughs> but, um, but I, I do want to share an, an experience that I had, uh, 15, actually more than 15, 17 years ago now. Um, because it was so much of what, uh, opened my eyes to functional medicine and, and sent me in, in that, that direction. Uh, I was already uh, working in a practice with some other practitioners of a strong nutrition focus and um, health coaching. We had nutritionist support, this type of thing, helping people with a lot of weight loss, uh, some metabolic disease and making some progress. It was good. I mean, we had a thriving practice. But now that I know what's possible, uh, I think we were just barely scratching the surface. And my um, my husband, a healthy, thriving, full-time employed, active, um, uh, multiple hobbies, just very balanced, um, not unwell at all, man, slowly but surely started to develop a progressive tremor. And I remember watching him one day when he was, we were sitting on a Sunday, I don't know, having espresso uh, chatting. And I saw his, his hand start to tremor when he was holding the cup. And I remember saying, what's that? And he said, well, I, I don't know. It's, it slowly appeared. Well, what does slowly mean? Well, over the past couple of weeks. And I noticed over a space of the following week, it was getting worse and worse, really dramatic to the point where he couldn't hold a cup uh, wow. really at all. He would quickly grab it with both hands and sip from it and put it down. And uh, I um, came home one day and he was uh, sitting at his desk, staring in the corner uh, in, uh, at first I thought, you know, he's dozed off with his eyes open. And uh, long story short, he started to develop these symptoms of essentially being in a stupor-like state, which worsened, and he started having catatonic seizures. Oh, my goodness. Now, this was about three weeks after I first noticed these symptoms. Never had any history of this, no history in the family, nothing like this. And what ensued was a period of uh, a month where we had to call the local paramedics and uh, take him to the hospital uh, where uh, really he would just be restrained um, and um, observed and they did some, some diagnostics. But we ended up going to the ER on four different uh, occasions, uh, really nothing quite so um, alarming as getting to know your wonderful local paramedics by name. 
but I, I couldn't handle him. He didn't know who I was. And when he would get into this state, I mean, it would be this increasing uh, wavelength, um, higher frequency uh, tremor that eventually would become catatonic. And then he would almost like he was possessed, <laughs> wow. sort of get up and sort of trudge zombie-like to the back door and try to get outside to go get in the hot tub. He really wasn't in his right mind at all. And so uh, I'm really grateful for the uh, emergency support. It's a great example of what we're talking about before, because mm -hmm. it was very much what he needed. But we interacted with a, a different um, medical team, in particular, a different neurologist, all four of those times we went in. And it won't surprise anyone listening to know that the only uh, recommendation was for uh, a really dramatic cocktail of sedative and, and antipsychotic uh, medications. And the, um, well, these things just happen. Undoubtedly, it has genetic roots, and we just need to find the right a medication cocktail in order to support him. We did follow-up appointments with two of those neurologists in order in a less acute state to follow up. They did some assessment. We don't really know. This is the only answer. I got really angry. I got sure. really upset. This is all we have, seriously? It, wow. This is all we have to offer this man who suddenly uh, in his early to mid 40s, was perfectly vital before. And this is literally all we can do. This is all you got, right? I've spoken to four of you over the past six weeks at the time. This is all we have, seriously. Uh, and that lit a serious fire in me. Not only we were not going to medicate the heck out of him and just give up on him. That was so not happening on my watch. But also just outrage that this is all we have to offer for someone who doesn't have a loved one or a friend or an advocate who can say, no, 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 that is not what we're doing, where there's this unexpected event that is not natural, right? right, I, right. We, we've got to get back. Health is natural. Health mm -hmm. is natural. Disease is not natural. Chronic yeah. disease is not natural. Right. Um, and um, it lit a fire in me that not only fueled uh, some really just uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of research in order to explore what might be going on with him, but also lit a fire on me around, it can't be this way. I mean, knowing what I know, having the visibility, uh, the capability that we do, this can't be all we have to offer. Uh, I mean, it's wonderful that we have something to offer, right? But where we're taking one state of vitality and treating it by worsening the vitality just so people don't hurt themselves, and that's mm -hmm. all we have, that's woefully inadequate given how intelligent we are, how we creative we are, how capable we should be to really do a deep dive, find the roots of this, fully address it, and make it go away. Yes. Uh, Long story short, you know, what do we find out? Well, my husband has, which now if those of listeners who are familiar with functional medicine, the kinds of things you would expect. My husband had really significant lead toxicity that had uh, probably been ignited by having his mercury amalgam fillings out uh, a couple of months earlier which even with all sorts of precautions had, I'm sure, supported some redistribution and mobilization of toxins. And um, 
his uh, glutathione levels were um, suboptimal. He has multiple uh, glutathione uh, synthesis uh, SNPs, genetic uh, variants, mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of um, uh, at the time was definitely struggling with some nutrient malabsorption because of some uh, dysbiosis uh, as well. So this is the kind of classic gut wow. brain microtoxin axis that we we see all the time in functional medicine that now I know, you know helping thousands of people later right. this is a common driver for not only acute neurological challenges like what he was having but huge amounts of mood disorder and it took a while um but um 6 months later no no seizures no noticeable tremor and um, he would still do some uh, once a year, uh, occasionally twice a year cycles of uh, some additional toxin mobilization and trying to promote the biotransformation pathways in order to, to fully get rid of what he might have been storing, especially um, in, uh, in his brain. But wonderful success story, but for me, incredibly traumatic. Um, here's oh, yeah. the love of my life who two weeks before the first episode of this had never shown any of these symptoms whatsoever, ever. Wow. Uh, it appeared out of the middle of nowhere. And so I learned so much helping him. I got on fire about sharing that. And it was actually part of that sharing process that led me back to my, teach, my passion for teaching and mentoring uh, others. And I started having potluck dinners and breakfasts in my own kitchen, invite, inviting local practitioners to come. And I would share with them what I had been studying and passing out published articles and uh, really explaining to people some of these dynamics that they weren't familiar with. And we had a great time. I, we would, well, any given Saturday, it would be a, a physician and a nurse practitioner and a nutritionist and a physical therapist and a dentist and a pharmacist. And we would all be hanging out at my house talking about our experiences and our passion from these different vectors and sharing our knowledge and our expertise and, and building this wonderful uh, flame uh, of shared learning. It was like a one-room schoolhouse. That's awesome. I want to go to those dinner parties. That's yes. amazing. Oh, my goodness. It was and incredible. Think, yeah, and you highlighted on a very common thing that happens for practitioners finding functional medicine or integrative medicine, personalized medicine. There's lots of names that you see floating around. The, re the way a lot of us find it is through a health challenge, either in ourselves or our, our kids or our spouse or family or friends. And, and then we investigate and see that, oh, you know, it isn't just what we're tested on in the textbooks. There's other things that have influence over our health. You know, the way our food is processed, the toxins in our environment and products that we put on our skin and all these things that really aren't emphasized in traditional conventional training and make a huge difference when we can you know, eliminate, detoxify, and provide that health and vitality back. I love that there's a happy ending to the story too. Mm, yes, indeed. Um, and uh, he he had an episodic tremor for um, a couple of years afterward, but it's been more than a decade now and no challenges at all. But he is aware of the uh, nutrient needs based on his genetics he is aware of specific lab markers that he's looking for them to be subclinically 
high or low uh, in terms of addressing what he has learned tends to go awry. He's a partner in his health care with his um, practitioner in order to ensure he maintains that state. I love uh, and, that. And yeah. it's a wonderful example of what uh, this, this movement, this good medicine movement uh, is really about. How can we learn to be proactive? How can we be patient-centric so that there's a true savvy partnership between the patient and the practitioner and both are working um, hard and bringing their expertise and are fully invested uh, in the partnership? And it's also systems-driven. Because as we know, functional medicine is looking outside of those traditional siloed separations of surgical specialty mm -hmm. and looking at how what's happening in the gut affects the brain, affects the left knee, affects the liver, or what's happening in the kidney is affecting the mitochondria, or what's happening in the mitochondria is affecting the heart. Uh, and looking more from a systems viewpoint uh, at what is awry. Uh, yes. You know, I have a tremendous amount of training and experience eons ago in the corporate world from a systems engineering perspective. And if you were trying to optimize the function of a car or a refrigerator or an office building, any kind of widget, you would never think about saying, okay, well, forget the rest of it. Let's just deal with the cover. Let's make the cover optimal. Yes. Or, no, 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 no. Let's forget the cover. Let's just focus on the battery. Let's just optimize the battery. My specialty is the battery, so we're going to ignore all of the other or the other parts or assume someone else is taking care of those separately. No other system would approach a science-driven resolution of imbalance in that system through that lens. Right. It would right. never happen. It would never happen because it would be illogical because every part, of course, affects every other part. How could it not? Did you know that you can teach yourself how to prime your brain for more creativity and flow? And when you do, you gain 100% more meaning, 200% more learning, 450% more innovation, and 500% more productivity. I've used my training from the Flow Research Collective to design a unique program specifically for medical professionals. I'll teach you my three-step Catalyst AHA system that infuses more ease and joy into your work-life masterpiece. The more you practice, the more intuitive it gets. Twice a year, I host the Catalyst Symposium, a five-day virtual bootcamp to learn these flow channels and anti-burnout techniques. We meet for one hour a day for five days of powerful transformation. Here's a glimpse. Each day, we'll cover the essentials of this method to capture flow. You'll get daily live Zoom webinars with recordings, a downloadable playbook to jumpstart your creativity, clear understanding of the neuroscience of burnout and flow, a personalized burnout assessment, core values identification, neuroscience-based time management tips that work, cortisol-busting methods to lower your sympathetic drive, and evidence-based exercises that prime your parasympathetic calm. Finally, you'll learn exactly how to build your own personalized flow recipe. Here's some testimonials from past participants. It's well worth your lunch hour. This is detailed and action-oriented. This is not your typical burnout seminar. And I would highly recommend this to any student, resident, doctor, or nurse. I only open my enrollment twice a year. Introductory price is $69 and seats are limited. 
Use the coupon code podcast to get 10% off. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash symposium to learn more. And this is where functional medicine compels all of us to think about that not just the aggregate human organism and the physiology and the biochemistry, but also what's happening in the entire life system. What's the environment, right? You don't evaluate the function of a car outside of the state of the road and the the climate and the environment in which you're going to try and drive it or the fuel you're putting into it or the wind speed. Of course, you consider all of these. It's part of the system. It just happens to be outside of the car. Well, for humans, we can't separate the functional balance or lack thereof of a human system from diet, from stress, from sleep, from relationships, from personal fulfillment, from belief systems. Of course you can't because all of that is directly influencing. Yes. Um, When you can see that in these discussions about diversity and equity and health, you know, and inclusivity is they all affect you know, and the more I, I'm immersed in, in just the functional world of integrative medicine, holistic viewpoints, I think it does a great service in respecting all elements of pathways to healing. Whereas, and again, I'm sounding black and white and I'm not intentionally doing this, but usually in a conventional model, it's very evidence-based driven. That's fine. But that becomes the gold standard that we can't adopt any healing modality unless we have white paper research behind that. Mm. And, and that does a disservice, I think, to some of the modalities of healing when you have an N of one, where you have these you know, help of therapy or, or relationships, like you said, or, you know, doing just the bare minimum can be very impactful. And so what yes. I love in functional medicine is trying to help my patients unwire some of that perfectionism that I have to have all my numbers look great and say, you know, just the bare minimum in little parts here that we can sequence together can yield massive impact because that's getting your body in better balance. And like you said, your body wants to be in health. And so the more you encourage, even just the littlest changes can, can be huge. And it helps them kind of step back from this, you know, rigid, like I have to have a goal and do everything perfectly. And that's just not your body. Your body just wants to be healthy. Absolutely. And the reality is if health promoting choices feel really hard and not remotely fun, we will never have an industry because no one will want to do that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, as, as mature as we become, uh, the reality is we do uh, what uh, we feel like is fueling us on some level. And, and most people want things to be convenient. They want them to be fun. They want to feel like they have a sense of community and support uh, in, in doing them. They want to feel like they get some sort of reward uh, for doing it. Uh, yes. And and too much of, of health, to your point, is often about perfectionism or that there's the right way, right? Oh, there's the yes. right way to eat. There's the right way to exercise. There's the right way to sleep. There's the right way to fast. Yes. There's the yes. right way to move and stretch and think and all of these things uh, where, where, again, we're trying to tell people what the right answer is rather than partner with them to discover the right answer for themselves so they have ownership. They have autonomy and authority over their own health because otherwise they're perpetually dependent on a third person, a practitioner to own their health and guide them. And no one will ever be sustainably healthy under that, oh under that set of rules. 
Bingo, no way. No way. Bingo, no how. Right there. And that is it. It's like putting them in the driver's seat. And that is what has happened even 20 years ago when they added pain as the fifth vital sign, saying that, well, all these practitioners must address and treat pain in every visit. And that totally disempowered patients and also burdened the practitioners because, you know, sometimes you can't fix things in a 15 minute visit. And it just ended up crumbling our healthcare system in this very external locus of control way where, oh, well, no, I have to make sure I check with your doctor, make sure I do it. You know, you can't really have your own voice and your own interoception of knowing how your body is because we've not allowed our patients. We've dismissed them and said, oh, well, your tests are fine. I don't know why you're feeling that way. And so now we need to do that deep work of saying, you know, you can have all the right information because the internet's there, everybody can have the right information. You can have all the right interventions, but you need that human to partner with that can say, yes. hey, well, I know you, I, you know, we've worked together. And I, I think this, what do you think about this next step as being the one that we can try for, you know, and let's, let's kind of get out of our perfectionistic, you know, and, and this coaching and supportive nature of how health should have in its uh, vicinity, I think is the only way we can move ourselves forward is having this human interaction. And that's what I love is, you know, SAFM, School of Applied Functional Medicine, everybody knows that I talk about it because I really do love the values that you have in the school, the way you teach and empower practitioners to try and apply this immediately and say, hey, this is something that, again, erasing the perfectionism that you have to have all the chemical pathways figured out and do it all exact. No, just work with one tiny thing at a time and get that progressive movement. You'll see benefit right away. Um, so if you don't mind, tell me, tell the listeners, because I have people from all over. Some are just medical students and residents, not just, you guys are doing a great job, please. You know, you, you deserve all the accolades, but all the way to, uh, you know, people that have been doing functional medicine for, for decades. And I'd love for you just to give a little overview on the School of Applied Functional Medicine. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so we have for 12 years now, believe it or not, been providing accredited continuing education to a rich diversity of modalities uh, of practitioners, uh, to your point of everything from I'm uh, six months out of residency and I want to go in this pathway to um, I'm reinventing myself and I've been doing this work for 10 years and I'm ready to do something different all the way to uh, I'm I've been practicing for 40 years. Uh, I thought I was going to retire. Actually, I'm not because I've discovered functional medicine and I'm partnering with this person to set up a practice and I'm going to have a whole nother career. We have uh, educated uh, several thousand practitioners over the past 12 years, actually coming from 70 different countries and wow. 22 different modalities. And we love the diversity because it is, I, I spend a lot of time lurking on our practitioner forum. It's so fun and watching them support one another. And when you see the level of insight and wisdom and compassion and support and encouragement that um, a nurse can give to a nutritionist and the nutritionist can give to a physical therapist and the physical therapist gives to the health coach and the health coach gives to the physician and the physician gives to the dentist and the uh, the, the pharmacist and psychologist. And there are so many different paths to health. Yes. And individuals, whether they've been practicing um, for a, a year or two or a lifetime, we all have wisdom. We have a different lens on clinical partnership, uh, a different lens on the scientific principles at play in a different ca uh, given case. 
And um, everything that we do is online, it's virtual, uh, and it's all recorded so that if people choose not to participate in some of the live uh, courses, uh, they can be uh, at their leisure in a self-paced way because all of our students are active practitioners. But we we create a platform also for ongoing um, lifelong, career-long support and interaction. And it's just wonderful to see people support one another uh, around providing input. And to your point, we move out of perfectionism. We move out of competition. We move out of, I'm not going to say anything unless I think I have the right perfect answer. Yes. Which is exhausting. Exhausting. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm a scientist by original passion and trade and the whole notion that you shouldn't speak unless you think it's ready for peer review. Who wants to live that way? That's exhausting. I'm, in, I'm tired talking about it. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's so incredible that you're providing this way forward because all too often states are fighting whether naturopathic doctors could be, you know, and, and whether nurse practitioners have practice rights. And, and to me, that is so disheartening. I would much rather envision a future healthcare where we're collaborative and where our legal system catches up to it too, because I think that's the main divisive problem with our practitioners is, you know, the physicians have the malpractice heavy burden. Um, and, you know, if our legal system could kind of help us out here and, and make it a little easier on us, I think we wouldn't feel so defensive and prickly because that's where we get in, in trouble and, and we're very limited in our scope of practice. So yes. I think it's going to be that gap. And sometimes I think creating the collaboration and waiting for the regulations to fall through eventually is probably the only way forward that I see that I want to participate in healthcare because I don't want this animosity between practitioners. We all have such a unique way of looking at a problem and that goes beyond licensure. I mean, we've all trained under brilliant clinicians and you could have two people with the same degrees and you're going to get different anecdotes, different ways of thinking about care and planning and, and which pharmaceutical or which supplement would be, you know, cause that's, that's the thing that you learn early on in med school is you're diligently taking notes, thinking that this is the right way. And then you realize, wait a second, but that's how this attending does it, but this one does it differently. And that's okay. Um, right. and when you create SAFM to embrace that and say, look at all the different perspectives you can learn. It's just, it's like a big brain, you know, just a huge vat of information that everyone's sharing. And that's incredible. Well, and to your point, um, teaching that there, in truth, there are many um, likely very successful ways to approach a given case, as opposed to this thought that there is a right answer and you've got to study and commit and focus until you can come up with it. Uh, we we teach a, a, a huge amount of rigorous peer-reviewed science and the mm-hmm. foundation of functional medicine. But one of the things that makes us different is we teach a huge amount of case-based uh, learning and not a superficial 15-minute overview, here's the protocol, here's what happened, but a deep two-hour dive into uh, letting everyone collaboratively assess and plan and realizing there are a lot of, there are a lot of successful roads home and we hone our, our skill set by seeing Like you said, six people can have type 2 diabetes. They can even have the same stage of metabolic dysfunction. But the the interventional plan that is going to succeed for each of them is by definition going to be different. So we need some common understanding of the science. But then beyond that, we must have some capability and confidence to customize 
how we approach, how we partner with this unique person, because, uh, which also gets to another key principle that you and I talk about often, I could know all the right science about what is at play with a person and I can have all the right answers. But unless I can partner with a unique patient to help them come up with something they're ready, willing, and able to do on an ongoing basis in order to change their physiology and their biochemistry, they're not going to get well and stay well. Which brings us back to the notion of partnership. It's not just about the practitioner and their intelligence, their prowess, uh, their uh, credibility and capability. I can't tell you how many people uh, I have seen receive a lot of testing and a laundry list of here are the 12 things, quote unquote, wrong with you. Here are the 13 supplements you need to do. These are the, this is how you need to change this. This is how you need to do that. Let me know if you need help. I'm like, I'm reading and I need help. And I'm really good at this stuff. Yes. But, but a, a patient will come in and say, well, I spent thousands of dollars on this a few years ago, but I got overwhelmed. So I didn't do anything. Bingo. That is heart wrenching for me Bingo. because that is a patient who did not get helped. It's no. a practitioner who did not get um, the fulfillment, the satisfaction of really partnering with that person and seeing true transformation in their state of health. Uh, and, yes. And not oh. a, they also didn't get a long ongoing clinical business arrangement, right? Which is good for business, good for financial rewards and, uh, and abundance. It's a lose, 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 lose. Yes. The patient wanted help. They were ready, willing, and able. The practitioner had a lot of knowledge, a lot of scientific knowledge, but there was no integration. There was no savvy clinical partnership. There was no coming together and a step-by-step, flexible, customized partnership to help that person make step-by-step change so that the desire of the patient and the capability of the practitioner reach their optimal outcome for vitality for the person trying to be oh served gosh. in the equation. One of the main problems in functional medicine delivery is overwhelm. The future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me help make it easy and flow channeled for you. Check out my premium subscription box delivery service. This is the first digital delivery service just for medical practitioners that are trying to put more functional and integrative principles into their practice. Subscribers get monthly deliveries of digital tools right to your inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yep, these are designed specifically for functional medicine. It makes your patient explanations easier, adherence is faster, and it's more fun. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me, a one-on-one Zoom session, so I can help you highlight your bottlenecks and help you sequence your next steps. You also get a free copy of my book, Right Brain Rescue. Now, each month, you will have a new digital delivery box, and it will contain a new infographic release that's also editable, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio 12-month mentorship, as well as SOPs, templates, and other digital tools you can apply in your clinic. There's no contract you can cancel anytime. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece, and now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalyer.com forward slash shop 
and check out the premium subscription box delivery service. I can't wait to work with you. Two things. First, I had the pleasure of watching how you do these case presentations in Austin. And I love that it reminds me of these old time like cafeteria discussions when the doctor that you're following would have time and they'd sit down and all the medical students and residents would sit around and they'd say, okay, here's, here's a case. What would you do? And I love that because it just makes you think, and it's a better way of learning for most of us. Cause that's how patients, they're not multiple choice questions. They're not going to yes. be presented as choice C or D all the above. Um, and so you're able to hear people's, you know, in the crowd saying, what about this? What would you have this? And it's like a choose your own adventure. Did you get this lab? Can I look in your pocket here? And, and it's a really fun way to bring it into this tangible way that you would have this in your clinic, but also your key point to the fact that we can have all this information, but if we can't apply it and coach our patients through change, it's not going to go anywhere. Patients are stuck. And we can dazzle them with, look at all these things I find wrong with you. I mean, what does that say? And then they're feeling, you know, hopeless. Broken. They feel broken. Broken is how they feel. Yes, they feel broken. And well, how am I going to do this? You give them this long, you know, case review. And then you, you know, clap your hands and say, we're good. Um, Let me know if you need me. And they're never going to come back. It's the old way of doing medicine is just pay me when you need to see me. And that's where, you know, before I had a health coach, I did the poor man's health coach, which is I would show up every week and do these group visits and say, Hey, I'm here. Let's do this. Let's talk. What are you struggling with? What, what's not working? And anybody can do this. And, you know, you see practitioners saying, well, I don't know if I can afford a health coach. Well, do it yourself. Just open up your shingles like the old college professor and say, I'm yeah. here, here for an hour. Just ask me questions. I want to check in with you, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. Patients love that because they feel supported. They just want a safe space to say, okay, I know you told me I had to do an elimination diet, but I'm kind of scared, you know? Okay. Let's talk you through it. Um, And so I love that you're empowering the next generations of practitioners on every level, every modality, different licenses to say, hey, we can do this together and find our own unique ways of making this easier to apply. Here, here. Well said. And and it's why also I think, uh, and, and you said it perfectly, whether, you know, let's say a, a nurse practitioner, right? Does she, uh, does she want to work on her own? Does she want to refer to a health coach or refer to a nutritionist? Um, or consult with a pharmacist. I'm a huge fan of multimodality partnerships. Huge. Because I think it is one of the easiest ways to avoid overwhelm and exhaustion in doing this type of customized care. But I believe everyone who is using functional medicine in their practice um, and I'm saying functional medicine with a lowercase f and a lowercase m because I'm not really stuck on the titles, right? right, but where, right. where we're focused on trying to find the true root causes yes. of imbalance in the body and address it sustainably, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to find the roots and pull them out. Um, we need to understand both the art and the science of facilitating lifestyle change. If we are going to expect that that's something the patient goes away and does on their own, I don't think, I think it's obvious to everyone. That's not happening. Right. (laughs) People do not know how to do that. Um, They need support. They need tools. They need resources. And either we've got to do that work or we've got to partner with someone, hire someone, refer to something. There has to be a network 
And uh, so we include oh, some significant content around facilitating lifestyle change and, and partnering with the patient uh, in order to ensure clinical progress. We have courses in this because I think everyone needs to know how to do it. Whether you're doing it yourself or you're hiring someone else to do it, you need to know when it's working well and when it's working poorly. You know how, need to know how to set it up to be successful. And the reality is that, like I said before, it's absolutely essential for helping people to truly reach breakthrough results in their health in a sustainable way, which also, by the way, creates raving fans. And then they can't stop talking about you. Right. They tell everyone they know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I used to be a diabetic. Yes. And then that is that feed forward system. When people don't realize the more you can just start cracking on those skills, you don't need marketing. It's done for you. People love you. And, and you said this, it was so perfect about why do we think, you know, I'm summarizing, but why do we think giving them all this instruction, sending them on their way, and they're going to do that? It's no different. And I think we just have the curse of knowledge being healthcare practitioners. We think, well, it's easy. It's the body. Come on. But like, it'd be no different than someone handing you a brand new car that you don't know how to do, you don't know how to operate, you don't know, should I change the oil or should I, is it computerized, all this stuff, or somebody handing you money for investing and saying, okay, I need you to grow this, I need you to know what to do. You're gonna need help in every single part of your life. We look for coaches everywhere to make us run better, to make our marriage healthier, to make us mm-hmm. communicate better. I mean, why are we different in thinking health doesn't need a coach? I mean, come on, especially when it's complex and personalized. So I think that this is the the curse of knowledge that we think it should be easy because it feels easy to us, but our patients need that handholding and support. So they feel validated and, and empowered. So tell us and, more about um, where practitioners- well, I, just oh, want, I just wanted to say real quick, that goes to um, something, a couple of points that you and I've spoken of often. I think, uh, and I can see it, I can taste it. Um, I think one of the the nearest term breakaways and shift in the system that you were speaking to earlier and some of those barriers will be a much uh, widespread reimbursement for health coaching Uh, because the data is there. The data is there. Uh, The results are amazing. Absolutely. Um, And uh, depending on, uh, for your listeners, depending on what they've seen, um, it's, it's incredible what can be reversed just with the combination of um, good, nuanced functional medicine science application mm-hmm. with a good, sustainable lifestyle change partnership. You can't have one or the other, though. You need both. Yes. They're quite synergistic. Uh, but we need reimbursement for health coaching because I believe a health coach needs to be in every, in any practice, every yes. practice. Yes, absolutely. And because it's a, it's absolutely an essential part, uh, an essential ingredient for this proactive, uh, preventative type of dynamic. Because to your point, if you're engaging early on, when when markers and lab data is great for this, by the way, even everyday annual physical lab work, we don't have to get more mm-hmm. expensive functional labs. We look for things to be suboptimal way before they become clinically high or low. And we're at the extremes of the statistical um, ends. Um, But the interventions that help people to address things early on are almost always predominantly lifestyle-based. And so the the leverage to be gleaned, if, if our mission is to create more health, which ultimately will make disease care less required 
right? And all of our lives, hopefully um, more enjoyable, right? More resilient vitality. Um, then we really need people who are capable of facilitating that change early on. So I, I think we need um, good, generous reimbursement um, uh, for uh, health coaching in order to avoid so much of the disease that uh, that comes later. But I also think we need to incentivize health. We We need to create a system for both practitioner and patient alike that rewards uh, keeping in good functional balance and purposefully making choices uh, in order to stay in that space. Yes. Uh, and um, I know there are some practitioners you and I've discussed before. There's some really neat systems that certain practices are setting up. Corporations, I think, are going to be interesting leaders in this space as more and more of their operating mm -hmm. budget has become healthcare for their employees. They're mm -hmm. starting to realize okay, we need to apply cost control to this bucket. <laughs> Forget the manufacturing process. Half of our budget is healthcare for our employees. Yep. So how do we begin to incentivize our employees to, to not just stay out of the hospital, but to truly have more and more optimized functional balance uh, in their body? And it's working. There's some really impressive uh, results uh, in the corporate world that they're obviously pursuing both from a cost savings as well as an employee benefit program. But um, I, I think these are two pieces that are really essential for where we need to go uh, to, to really maximize the vitality of humans. Oh, yeah, I underscore that. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it's exciting. It's just very much an honor to be part of healthcare change with you because, you know, you're a firecracker. And every time we get together and talk, it's so exciting to just envision the healthcare system, disease care, healthcare, um, salutogenesis that I want everybody to have eudaimonia, you know, all the vitality that we want our patients and practitioners to have. You know, there's so many people working on this as a solution, and I'm glad that you're part of it. It's it's amazing. So where can people find out more about SAFM? Because I know I get asked all the time, okay, is it too late? I've already, you know, I'm already a, a practitioner. I want to learn more. And I know you do a great job with these clinical workshops that you offer, and you've always got something going on your social media. So tell us where we can find you. Uh, thank you. So our website is um, schoolafm.com. And we uh, enroll practitioners in our training program, which also has a certification, an applied functional medicine certification. But we enroll in September uh, and in March for the self-paced um, certification program. And then on, um, on Facebook, Applied Functional Medicine is our handle. And then Instagram is School Applied Functional Med. Uh, and yes, we're always doing some type of uh, public uh, clinical webinar or workshop, that type of thing. I really enjoy spreading the wealth of applied functional medicine and whether it's on Facebook or uh, in the, uh, the evening when webinars or mini clinical courses that we have, there's always something that practitioners can engage with in order to add some knowledge to their toolbox. Uh, and so I, I invite anyone and everyone who has a passion for that to engage. There's hundreds of videos and articles on our website that people can freely search and peruse because um, you and I speak of this often. We know how 
to undo a lot of disease. We really do. But it requires that savvy partnership. Yes. Because the science is not enough on its own. But the lifestyle change on its own is also often not enough because frequently we are engaging after things have progressed. We need both. Yes. We need both. And when, when you as a practitioner are able to partner with someone, not just for one or two appointments, but a dozen appointments over a long period of time where you can really see the progress and you're working with them. And the day you get that email that says, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And I've been trying and trying for years or, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I slept through the night for the first time in decades. I love those emails. Yes, those are the best. Wow. I'm sitting here crying because of the first time in longer than I can remember, my knees don't hurt. And I went for a walk today with my granddaughter. Right. And for the first time ever, I have hope. Yeah. There's no greater feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction and saying yes to i you know i believe why we're here right why so many of us feel like this is our purpose in life mm. and i it, my passion for this as you know lara is not just about the patients of the world and the vitality they crave and and the hope that they so often don't feel uh, but for practitioners to actually find and and experience richly the reason they said yes to their profession in the first place um, for me, optimal clinical outcomes is not just about the patient feeling better. It's about the practitioner being actualized. Yes. It's about the practitioner being on fire with fulfillment and and having financial security and having um, uh, certainly a challenging practice. We're all challenged by uh, patients and clients, but we don't want to be overwhelmed and exhausted uh, and you know, people joke all the time, you know, the people who most need functional medicine are the people practicing it. That's not funny to me <laughs> right? Um, because we're never going to pro- promote the transformation that we know is possible if we are burning out in the process of trying to deliver it. And so care for the practitioner, again, partnership, um, community, support, resources. Uh, getting out from under that heavy burden of perfectionism. Uh, I know you and I see so much eye to eye on those values. We want people to be exhilarated doing this work. We want it to be sustainable for decades and to light them up, not require so much sacrifice from them that they they can't have other passions in life. They can't have other achievements in life. It, it doesn't have to be that way. It just yes. doesn't. Brilliant. And I couldn't have said it any better that, I mean, the pipeline in burnout is very fast to functional medicine. Many people end up in functional medicine like I did because I was burned out. And I thought, well, this is really where I was going anyway. I didn't even know this was here. Yes, I want to do this. And it quickly can manifest again where you can feel burned out. So this is so important that you hit the ground running and you empower the practitioners with such a great support network that says, you know, we are here to not just take care of the patient and help better, you know, our health of our world, but really take care of the practitioners doing the the hard work too. So thank you so much, Tracy Harrison. This has been a pleasure. Um, For those listening, I will put all the links in the show notes. And if you sign up for my newsletters, I promote School of Applied Functional Medicine because I really strongly believe in their values and what they're doing for our our community. Um, So thank you again, Tracy, for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much, Laura, for the opportunity. 
uh, and for the opportunity to collaborate uh, with you in this uh, shared mission. I, I really am grateful for how you show up in the world in order to catalyze practitioners uh, to find that uh, that sweet spot um, of the, the career and the life they want to have. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And to everybody listening, keep coloring outside the lines. And remember, we are all catalysts that transform the world around us. Till next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well-being. We all deserve a medical career that is self-expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drbarasallier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.